Welcome to We're Talking Bears, where we bring you the latest in the Chicago Bears experience. I'm uncle, nephew, and I'm son, and we're talking bears. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Bears. This is for week five, Bears versus Commanders. We're just going to do a quick little review of the game and what a game it was. A big statement game for everybody. A big dub that the locker room and Fields and Flus and the whole organization sorely needed uh, on the eve of Dick Buckus's passing. Uh, so, you know, RIP to a king. And, uh, you know, we're just going to talk about that, break it down a little bit. But uh, while you're here, you know, click that, click that like, click that subscribe, you know, comment, talk to us. Uh, tell us if you want us to do this on like a live stream basis, something like that, where we could, you know, interact directly and do it. We, we're kind of playing around with that. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to get into it and uh, we're going to talk some bears. All right. Please make sure you like and subscribe. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers. So uh, let's let's get that like and subscribe going. But hey, you know what? Last night was a celebration. Yep. The chains are off, but this chain's on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. Gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Boom. Big Boom. Bear swag forever. Yeah, Big so team. so we've proved we've proved this week that we are not the worst team in the NFL. After last week, we really really went for it and tried to prove that we were. Uh, what does this team mean to Flus, to Getsy, to Ryan Poles, to the staff and the organization? Because um, this meant it, it was a very very long road. They had given up twenty five plus points every week uh, for fourteen straight games. Um, the, you know, like what, what does this say? You know, held them under 25 points. I think they were held to 20 at the final score. They finally get the monkey off their back. Where does this leave us? I'll tell you what it says. It says they don't want to lose their jobs right now. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's got to be, they have to keep it up. In my opinion, uh, it, it, the buck cannot stop here. Um, but maybe they felt they needed to buy themselves some more time. Um, nobody wants to go out. Uh, with the record that they had up till yesterday um, as a loser. Um, even if it's just your name on the line, I don't think any of these guys want to have that over their shoulders. So hopefully this is a good sign of, of things to come. Um, but we, we still have some work to do. Um, we have to get healthy, in my opinion. But as far as the coaching, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm glad they were able to get this win under their belts after such a long road. But we have a lot of work to do, and it's not over yet. We have to, I have to continue to see this consistency um, with these guys moving forward. Hey, I, I'm loving it. First of all, I love the growth. Second of all, you know what? Hey, they did what we asked them to do. It wasn't just us, but we asked them on this channel, and other people were asking them through social media. They got DJ Moore more involved. They schemed towards him. They let Justin Fields rip it deep. Like first couple of passes were were bombs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They they oh, yeah. they ran the ball hard. They let I mean if Khalil's ankle didn't give out on that on trying to get that that bad pass, 
he he'd have had a crazy day, but he, he left with ten yards of carry or something like that, or seven right. yards of carry. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so so as you look across the board, you know, uh, uh, seven point six yards of carry. As you look across the board, and that run where Herbert <laughs> got hit ten yards out and <laughs> drugged three or four yeah. men. Another ten yards. I mean, that's just the attitude. We had an attitude and an energy we hadn't seen. Um, You know, this is we're not finished because I was there in Kansas City, and I know we're not a Super Bowl team yet. But this is a Super Bowl attitude. Their attitude—they refuse to lose. The defense stepped up and got five sacks. They refuse to lose. Eberflus let loose the dogs on defense. He didn't just say, okay, we're going to rush four and sit back in. in He was coming up with some creative blitzes and blitzes to confuse a young quarterback and and sending DBs for for a speed blitz. Just coming across doing the things you got to do. Attacking the ball, you know, coming up and getting those getting the turnover even on the balls where we didn't get the turnover where you know the ball fell through like edwards hands hey we we attacked the ball it, you got to attack it and get some opportunities for it and we didn't sit around and cry when we got a bad call when they punched mooney in the face in the end zone before the ball got there and mm, threw him to on. the ground we didn't stand there and cry we just got up all right Fine, we'll get a touchdown a different way. We'll get a field goal, what have you. We fought, we fought, we fought, we fought. Just, I'm loving the energy. Uh, it didn't give up. You felt like all that sadness Justin had from from the uh, uh, Russell Wilson game uh, uh, just turned into determination. And at the end, when they had to have a first down, he threw a perfect ball. That might have been the best ball he threw uh, all year of his life, even because it was just in DJ Moore's range, just out of the cornerback's range, and turns into a touchdown because yeah. that cornerback tried to take it away from DJ Moore, which that's a no no. He tried to swat it, he was up with one hand, he was just yeah, trying to he, swat it. He's trying and... to swat it out the way, but it's just high enough that you can't swat it. But he should have played the tackle because that's seven points right there. Yep. Man, I'm not gonna lie, that pass is beautiful. Come down, it was his hands, it looked like the defender maybe had an angle to, to make a play on the ball. But when you saw DJ Moore catch it, I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. And I don't know what the DJ was watching it on TV, right? Watching it on the TV. I'm I'm just trying to figure out how in the world did he catch the ball? I right. gotta watch a replay because right. there's hands and all kinds of and you're yeah. like, I seen the slow mo. The corners like pinky finger brushed the ball. It did. Yep, he touched it as he went by, and DJ came down with it and was out of there. Man, man, and high stepping into the end zone, Walter Mm -hmm. Payton style. He did. Or Devin Hester style. Man, is we talked about it, and like you said, they did what we asked them to do. DJ Moore is catching everything. You got to give your guys, your, your your star players, a chance to make star player plays. And he did it. He did it. And that, and that was just an example of you got to get the ball to him. I mean, it might not always, like you said, coming out of his hands, watching it live, it looked like the defender had a chance. But that's DJ Moore. 
Yeah. Let's be honest. Let me say this on We're Talking Bears. We see what we see what you're doing, refs. We see what you're doing. <laughs> what you're doing. We see what you're doing. DJ yes. Moore had another touchdown that you guys took away from him, but it's okay. And, and right just players, a minute, guys. One, one second, guys. Come out. He did step out. Guys, one second. Vegas is calling. What? Shave points on the Bears? What? What? <laughs> All right. No, for real, for real though, I did I did see the, the sideline angle. They could have showed it in the game. It was real suspicious that they didn't show it in the game. But from the sideline angle, you see the ref running up, waving his hands, and DJ's foot was like the, the out-of-bounds line was here, and his foot was like just out it was about halfway in. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll uh, give I don't you know, that. Man. I don't know what they can do with computers and, and some imagery. I don't know. And the fact that we didn't see it live makes that's me a, think maybe they went back and edited some that's things. Funny. That's I'll take funny. your word for it. I'll give you that. But what I can't give you is this is D- Darnell Mooney's head before the ball enters the end zone. Yeah. No, yeah. That is yeah, interference. Yeah. Plus, yeah, now true. in the age of you can't hit people in the head in the NFL, you can't go head hunting. You could you could tap them in the head. They they ain't gonna call. Look, they should have called it because the reason why they should called it because the cornerback's head never turned around to look for the ball. He ran at him like this, swatting at his hands, swat, but his head never came around looking for the ball. He and he got the ball. Down so that's he just came down on his head. Yeah, but that's but that's still, the the biggest issue was that he never. He never was tracking the ball. It was never a situation. I can start in the NFL if I can grab your hands before the ball makes it to you. Trust me, I stop everybody. (laughs) 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 But no, man, great game by these guys. Not DJ. You're not going to stop DJ by grabbing his hands. I'm not going to stop DJ. Everybody else, though, I'm going to stop. But you know what? A testament to what you said, uh, the attitude, the attitude, the attitude. Great, great attitude by our guys. They didn't let any of those things. Stop them, derail them. You know, they stuck to the game plan and they, and they made it happen. They made it happen. Hey, think yeah. about this DJ Moore, 27 catches this year, 531 yards. I was really hoping for 500 yeah. yards after this game, but I didn't, I didn't know if it was realistic. Five touchdowns, 17 yards, I mean, 19.7 yards per carry. Yeah. This guy is on pace to have a plus 15, uh, 100 yard season. Yes. 15 he's touchdowns. On, he's on pace for, he's on pace for uh, I think, 1,800 yards 18. right yeah. now. It's crazy. Crazy. Nuts. And, but this is what you trade for. This is the, and think about this. Think about this. The Panthers basically gave us him for free. <laughs> like, we, we were already getting two firsts and two seconds in exchange for their first round pick. And then they threw in this guy. It's, it's crazy that they actually did it. Like that that blows my mind, honestly. It absolutely let's, blows my mind. Let's toss this sentence in there. So let's say the Panthers continue to do what they're doing now. We end up with the first overall again. Everybody wants us to get the quarterback. I, we don't need a quarterback. We need offensive linemen pair of them i love tevin jenkins i was so happy when he came in but then all of a sudden he's out as fast as he's in he he's a backup he's a I great think, backup I a, no i think he, he was can't on a start because his body won't let his, i think he was just on a snap count working his way back in and, and, well yeah. i hope so because nonetheless we know his body has not held up a single season you still need more on the defensive line we need to pick the top edge rusher in the draft 
if we trade back again this year and get a haul like we did last year, we have made this team changes. And I mean, the first four guys need to be linemen, offensive and defensive. We, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'd love to have Harris, Marvin Harrison, but we've got to win the trenches. We can't win the Super Bowl without winning the trenches. Okay, okay, let's have this conversation real all quick. Right. Because, man, I've been hearing all kind of BS noise talking about Caleb Williams this, Caleb Williams that. I think Justin Fields is putting that to bed. Ain't nobody looking for Caleb Williams when you got a quarterback dropping four touchdowns a week. Okay, period. End of story. Let, let me add one uh, other thing to that. Let me add one other thing. Go ahead. In the 100-year history of the NFL, three quarterbacks drafted in the 1-1 have become uh, uh, have become Hall of Famers. Got names like Baker Mayfield, Demarcus uh, – what was his name? Uh, what? Demarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, these mm-hmm. guys were drafted 1-1. Jared it's Goff, no guarantee. Uh, uh, you're talking about, like, man, it's a, it's a lot of guys. It's I mean, a lot of guys. a lot of guys. And you got a guy that's balling the heck out in the NFL with chemistry, with the guy you just traded with, that's balling the heck out. Yeah. It's stupid talk. Build the line. When they block for him, he it's throws great. touchdowns. Right. Yep. And, and 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 more on top of that, I mean, you look at look at where uh, Matthew Stafford was as a number one overall pick, and Matthew Stafford was another guy that went first overall in a, I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine, something like that. He stepped into a situation where he had Megatron right away, and Megatron, and he played well right away. Okay, I would love to get that first overall pick and trade down one spot. Just one. So somebody else can take Caleb Williams. They can pay us a king's ransom to move from two to one so that nobody else moves from two from from you know three to one or whatever. Same way we did with uh Philadelphia to get Darnell Wright. Same thing. Just, yep. just pay us the insurance to get him. And then at two, we take Marvin Harrison. And you give us a first round pick next year or something like that. But I don't care about what that is. I just care that about getting that weapon because. He is, and I am I am not exaggerating, the best college player I have watched play football, man, since Adrian Peterson, maybe. At a at a at a whether that's a skill position, whether that's a lineman, like the best. No question asked. And he comes from a Hall of Fame pedigree that is down the road. So you talking, you're talking a guy who can look to his Hall of Fame father and say hey these dbs are pressing me like this what do i do that's not something every prospect can offer you you know what i mean that's not something that every prospect comes with innately and he's six four runs a four three like you don't pass i'm with you i'm forget, with you i want to forget alignment pick him forget everybody else and then worry about the rest later. You get alignment in the second round, and the difference between Marvin Harrison Jr. and a receiver you get from the second round is leagues different from what you'll get from a, a offensive lineman in the first, whatever, first couple of picks. We got Darnell Wright as a as a top, top O lineman to really be creative with and do all the crazy stuff. I'm okay with that. We got another second round pick or another first round pick we should use on a D lineman, a pass rusher, because the pass rush was working uh, yesterday, but everybody's not the commanders. So right. we can't sit here and rely on that. 
But our offense was in a tough position. They needed to score a lot of points, and they had a young quarterback. So they dropped him back a lot, and he went down a lot. And that's what, that's what generates sacks, honestly. Hey, I agree. I want Marvin Harrison in the draft. We end up with a pick like that again. Um, my, my mindset is 100% what you just said. Totally. Yep. And I want to be able to do We need to pass brush. We need the D-line. We need to uh, still bulk up the O-line. It's other spots. But, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr., to give him to uh, Fields alongside DJ Moore and the weapons we have right now, give, give me that. Give me yeah, that. all day. All day. And I think I think our offensive line is underrated. We got Nate yeah. Davis back. Nate Davis has looked as advertised. He looked worth every penny Poles paid him for the last two games. The first couple games, he was dealing with personal issues, whatever. They gave him the time and space as a coaching staff to be away from the team and deal with that and, 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 and improve his mental and, uh, uh, you know, emotional health and readiness. And he's come back and he looks like he's rewarding that faith which is good. You love to see that. Then on top of that, uh, Darnell Wright looks like an absolute – Darnell Wright looks like he's a top five tackle in the NFL already. Honestly, he already does. Like He's got some issues to clean up. Uh, he got he got burned a couple times. I mean, yes. burned back. Yes, but you're talking about literally one of the top three defensive lines in the NFL. There's, there's the Chargers with Khalil Mack and Joey Boza. There's the 49ers with Nick Boza and Eric Armstead and all those guys. There's the Eagles with Hassan Reddick and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and all the guys they have there. And there's the Commanders with Jonathan Allen, a multiple pro bowler, Deron Payne, a multiple pro bowler, uh, Chase Young, a top three overall pick, and Montez Sweat, who's one of the biggest athletic freaks in the game that posts up 10 sacks yearly. So that's a top five defensive line. Right. And Fields had all day to throw. Fields had time to throw. That was a, that was the best offensive line performance we've seen. And and half of our offensive line is injured. Tevin James right. Well, guess what? Uh, Lucas Patrick went out in the middle of the game, and he's the backup center. Whitehair uh, throws the ball into the Raptors. Cody the Whitehair is better at center and puts somebody else at guard. How many times have I said that? Yes, you've said that a lot. I, I no, got just Lucas Patrick, Patrick. Cody Whitehair is not a good guard, and Lucas but, Patrick is not a good center. But we're back to when the snapping issues. You saw Justin Fields save play. Like there was a third down where Whitehair threw it into the rafters. Fields grabbed it and ran for a first down before the defense knew what the heck happened. How about when the time he and grabbed it, it and it. got it into? Uh, I think it was Herbert's gut. Yeah, it was either Herbert or Rashawn. Snatched it and, and got it. the runoff. Nobody expected the the, yeah. the running back to come out of the backfield on that. He was gone. It was like point, point here and on that play, Caleb Williams, two inches shorter than Justin Fields, probably mishandles that. That's a huge fumble. That's rolling backwards. Uh, I mean, so let, just, let's just point put that here, out here. Caleb Williams is an unknown quantity. He could be Matt Liner. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Coming out of USC too. Ooh. Yeah. He could be oh, Matt Liner. Apt comparison. Apt comparison. You know, so and Liner looked like a beast, even had a good rookie year. Yeah. And that was it. That was, that was his career. You yeah. know, you can't you, let's cut the foolishness. You got a guy. Look, last year, Justin Fields said uh, uh, last year, Justin Fields set running records. This mm -hmm. year, he's beginning to set passing records. He's got. The, the 16 of 16 
in the Broncos game was a club mm-hmm. record for most completions to start a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and most consecutive completions. Most consecutive. Thank you. He did something else last night that's like a second place club record. Uh, the, he's the second Bears quarterback to throw four touchdowns in back-to-back games. There we go. So he's starting to set passing records. He said running and, and records I, last. And I want to say, and I want to say, he had the most passing yards in a quarter in the first quarter last year. Yeah. You so know, he's starting to set. He's he's starting to set passing records. We and this is week involved. This is week five. He hadn't even gotten ramped up this time last year. Week five, it was like the Vikings game, and we saw him break that big runoff, but then they got called back for that block in the back. And like that was like the big highlight of the, and the Mooney hey, catch. Those are like the big highlights of that game. Look, right now, Justin Fields stands this year, uh, sixty-one point eight completion percentage, eleven hundred and forty-three yards, well on pace to get to his goal. Uh, he's thrown eleven TDs and five picks, so he's he's passing that two to one ratio. And uh, I don't think he's going back towards uh, the other way. So relax, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's my quarterback now. I was so sick of the. I was so sick of the hate. I was so sick of the disbelief when people. You know, when he came out early, he was struggling in some ways. But you could see, even with the struggles, that there was improvement. Even in the bad game he had against Green Bay, I think his his average last year was like what uh, 150 yards or something like that a game. He threw 216 yards and has 65% completions in the bad game against Green Bay. Then against the Buccaneers, uh, uh, really didn't have a great game. But again, a 200-plus yard game, uh, plus 60% completions, was making a difference on that on those late drives and was driving us back until play calling really held him back at the very at the very end of the game. Now, in an NFL game, you can only ask for it to be close until the end, and then you can ask your players to go out there and close it out. And that's what we were doing. We were on pace to do that. So I don't really hold the Bucks game against him. That was more of a coaching thing. He was still tuning up, warming up, and getting used to his receivers. But people always think, oh, Justin Fields can't read these defenses. He can't play against zone. Justin Fields can't throw with anticipation. All of that stuff is based on trust. You have to trust your receivers are going to be where they're supposed to be. You have to trust that your offensive coordinator has called a play that can beat the zone that you're going up against. You have to trust that what you're seeing and the reads that you're making are the actual uh, uh, reads that are going to, you know, affect that coverage. So, like, for example, on the uh, on the touchdown to DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone early on in the game, He's holding the safety on the seam route to Mooney. Hold the safety, hold the safety, hold the safety. He has to know that if the coach tells him, he has to trust. If the coach tells him, if you're watching Mooney and this safety turns his back to DJ, you turn and rip it, that the coach knows what he's talking about. Because if that if that corner is faking a cover two and running that seam with DJ, that's a pick. So he has to trust all of those things. And then he has to trust his receiver to run the right route, be at the right spot, and catch the ball. He has to trust that Mooney is getting enough inside leverage on that route and bending that stem inside to pull the safety a little bit away so he doesn't have time to get back. All of that stuff has to work together. And it wasn't early. It wasn't in sync. It wasn't all there. No, it was, it it was far from in sync. It, was, it got it better was, every week. It, it was far from in sync and really – uh, it was a hot mess. It, it, it was a hot mess. 
It was a hot mess. And let's just be honest. Let, let's be honest. This game was DJ Moore. This oh, game yeah. was DJ Moore. Uh, I mean, honestly, in the past, as the Bears, we've had this game from everybody else. We've had great running from the running. We've had the offensive line actually play well for for once. You know, we. I, I'm not saying that, that that's who they are anymore, but they, we remember those days. And then Mooney just didn't have a great day. And literally outside of DJ Moore from a receiving standpoint, uh, outside of DJ Moore, we had what a whopping 52 yards on seven catches. Uh, no, no, no. Komet had 50 yards by himself, didn't he? No, Komet had 42 on five catches, and didn't Robert Tunyon okay. had two on two for 10 10 yards. Yep. So yep. literally, DJ Moore was the whole was, he was the ball game. And, and but think about this: if DJ Moore wasn't DJ Moore, wasn't the Michael Jordan of the football field that day, the Steph Curry of the three-point line, that commander's defense would have squashed us. Yeah. It would have yeah. squashed us. We would have been coming out there lucky to have seven or ten because, you know, they're just – you know, the run game did great. Hey, I give all the respect. Man, with Khalil Herbert carrying people for – 10 yards after being tackled with uh, 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 Roshan Johnson just killing somebody and killing himself at the same time. You know, all of that stuff going on. I give them all the credit. Well, Kari blasting game, switching from fullback to running back to finish the game out because nobody else is there and getting the job done. Yeah. Um, Big know, respect to Kari blasting game. We love that's him. How we've been on the Kari blasting game bandwagon. Here we bears, we're talking we bears him. forever. That's all. Absolutely. Man. Killer. Man. Absolute killer. But it, it you can't just run the football. And now that we have DJ Moore, now that the league has seen what DJ Moore unleashed can do, uh that you know, we have to get Mooney to step up. I, I hear your voice about Harrison. You know, you get a Harrison in there, and man. And then that trio becomes just unstoppable because because look, look what this does. Look what this does to defenses. Justin Fields has now thrown for 600 plus yards, uh, eight touchdowns, one pick in two games. OK, he has figured out these zones. That was the big issue with him before is he didn't like he didn't want to throw into those tight windows. And part of it, like I said, is trust. He didn't have guys that he knew where they were going to be in that window. He knew that if it was a tight throw, they were coming down with it. So he wasn't pulling the trigger. And now he has that confidence. And when you talk about trust, in. don't forget trust that his offensive line is not going to let him get killed. And, and giving him it, the time for the receiver to get to that window, correct? Everybody gets tackled in football. But there's a difference when you have a 270-pound man running full speed unblocked or, mm -hmm. you know, it was a brush block and and you're going to get killed and, you're, you know, your body's opened up. and, and that That's different. That's not the yeah. same as just yeah. being tackled. And, and Fields stands in that pocket with conviction and, and, and courage and delivers – Darts. He took a couple of shots today. He took a couple of shots last week. He don't care. That kid gets up and keeps trucking. He is a tough SOB. Now, 
what this does, though, like I was saying to the defenses, when you see that, defenses don't like turning around and turning their back to Justin Fields. They hate that because if the corners and the safeties have their back turned and they're running with the receivers to try to get stickier coverage, guess what? Nobody's looking at Justin Fields. You can't spy him because he's going to run past your linebacker like he's standing still nine times out of ten, right? So either you have to commit two linebackers to sit on either ends of the line of scrimmage and try to pincer him and to get him to not run off when you're in man coverage, which means you can't either A, pass rush well, or you have less people in coverage to actually cover guys, or, or you have to you have to keep everybody in these zones to keep everybody looking at them so that they can react quickly. Okay. Well, so now, I think the now, other key now you have so now you have DJ Moore who you have to double cover. You cannot allow DJ Moore to do this. You cannot put him in on a, on an island with anybody in the league. No, no defensive coordinator is doing that. He scares them. Okay. So now you got to now you got to roll coverage away from guys like Mooney and Komet. You got to roll coverage away from guys like Tyler Scott and whoever's coming out the backfield. Deontay Foreman is going to be the guy for a couple of weeks. It looks like. Then you got to put guys in man coverage in order to do that. You got to put certain guys that are like one on one on the outside where they got to turn their backs. And then you have to put your linemen to say, okay, you guys have to contain rush. You can't just like free ball and and sprint at the quarterback with your ears pinned back because like if if you guys don't get him and he gets out of the pocket, he's gone. And that's a, that's 40 yards. But, but think know? about the other thing. This defense in such an embarrassing and like impossible to deal with position. I think his numbers keep going up. But think about the other thing. He this the key was learning how to throw into these zones for mm-hmm. big yards because mm-hmm. they could have eleven guys stand there and stare at him as long as you can't throw the ball over the top of them successfully. Yeah, and that's what was happening, and, and it made it hard to move the ball at all because then that that just played right into their hands. But DJ Moore burning them. Uh, even darn mm-hmm. and, and us having the guts to throw two deep passes immediately at the yeah. beginning of the game. And even though, you know, Mooney should have been a touchdown. Mooney has sure. this turnaround and grab the ball. Maybe he's not the best at tracking the ball over his shoulder, but he's got to get better fast at that. Because, yeah. okay, I love the fact that he could turn around, jump, and grab the ball, but he's got to be able to track the ball over his shoulder and just run under it. Because uh, he could just keep going. He's I mean, he, he does that too, but I feel like in recent Not years all. he's done less of that. Like I feel like I feel like his rookie year and uh, and especially last year the Detroit game comes to mind where he did it a bunch of times. So like he he definitely he definitely can do that run under and he doesn't tr- he doesn't struggle tracking the ball deep when it comes to that. But he's it's just a bad habit he's picked up. I think. And I think he'll work yeah, that out. And I think I think part of it, him being only like 5'10", 5'11", he probably – and slight. He uses it to get elevation and grab the ball over uh, corners and safeties. And that's great when needed. But yeah. when you're past them and you burnt them, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't He's give up. Run under don't it. give up. Yeah, keep going. Don't give up the yards. And Fields put the ball where it belonged on that pass. Yeah. More uh, – not more. Mooney – turned around, and he basically lost one step, and and that ball was right where it needed to be for him Mm -hmm. to run under it and go all the way. Now, the other thing is, you know, he could be used to his quarterback throwing short, you know, because 
you know, Fields is, is letting it – he's letting it fly now. Well, and yeah, but I, he's, he's got so much room to step into his throws now that right. that makes a huge difference in the amount of power you can put on that ball. Like his – Mooney's second uh, – the second shot to Mooney that was in the end zone for the P.I., that one, if he'd have stepped forward into that throw and drove it, honestly, Mooney catches that before the defender even catches up to him. He, he just needed to throw it uh, half a tick earlier. When Mooney cut at the line of scrimmage, he was open. Literally, it was hike, throw it. Because Mooney yeah. was yeah. – he, he cuts at the line of scrimmage. Oh, boy, it's chasing – oh, boy, four yards, three yards behind him. Yeah, he could throw, he he could throw it earlier or he could drive early. it. Either, either way. Either way, but again, the anticipation comes with with time on task and trust. Yeah. When, he's, when he goes back and looks at the film, he's going to see, hey, Mooney had this guy at the line of scrimmage. That was gone. And Justin's been a been a see it throw it type guy his whole career, but he hasn't had a guy like DJ Moore who he don't got to see it. All yeah. he got to do is know DJ Moore is fun to cut, and it's going to be somebody on the ground over there nearby. And if DJ don't got that ball when he cut, it's a problem. And he has to know that it's on him to yeah. to get that ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there. And well, that'll you know be what? as he keeps going this year with good targets and good receivers that he can trust. Yeah, and, and I'm glad uh, Tunyon stopped being a Packer because for a while I was I was suspect that Tunyon and Getsy were still Packers. Man, yeah, no, he, he's definitely not. always think that about them double agents, double agents. Hey, but I want to I want to give a shout out to our defense. We got some takeaways, um, and yeah, I, I hope they keep that up, keep that intensity up. We got to the quarterback. We had, we put some pressure. Of course, we know what what kind of talent we have on on the offensive side. Our defense has left a lot to be desired uh, the last couple of seasons. So it was definitely good to see them out there making some plays and making some things happen. We actually had an opportunity, I think, for one or two more uh, turnovers. I think you mentioned it, Edwards. The one Edwards missed. Um, could have could have got the pick, but I think those plays will start coming for us, man. I think as long as the defense stays hungry, stays aggressive, those are the plays that can take that can turn a game for us. And it was actually it was somebody else. It was one of the receivers. I don't remember exactly what play it was. Had an opportunity to get a uh, get a pick on one of those plays. You know, on the replay they showed that he got his hands on the ball. He just wasn't able to able to pull it in. But it's definitely good to see the defense out there turning the ball over. Specifically at the end of the game, they came back in the second half. Uh, they they score put points on the board first. I think we had a nine, we had a ninety second drive or something. We didn't do anything. Uh, gave them the ball back. It looked like they were trying to make their comeback. Defense takes the ball away, and that to me right there was the momentum changer that allowed the offense to kind of settle themselves down and, and to not uh, squander that game in the end. So I think that was big by the defense and uh, taking taking the ball away. Hey, I think defensively uh, we got to back to you know looking like the bend but don't break bears. And one of the ways that that happened, we only gave up 29 rushing yards. Mm -hmm. 29. You hold a team to 29 Shout out to Big Billings. Yards. Yeah. Shout out to Big Billings. Billings, Billings was a monster. He was <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, everything as advertised. Everything we talked about again here on We're Talking Bears, when yep. we saw the film on the guy that – polls brought in we said billings is a, a one-man wrecking crew right. and and that's what he did he wrecked their run game forced them into passing which allowed us to get five sacks yeah five sacks yes yeah, that was a and, huge and, deal yeah and a pick boom 
Mm-hmm. And, and we got that forced fumble, wasn't that? Yep. I think that yep. was on a pass play too, right? That was the one I was talking about. Yep, that was the, uh, yep. Thomas, I think. And he was, so they, he was all their offense. He was everything that was working for them. So to take that ball from him as they tried to make that run to come back, that was huge. That was huge. And, you know, Thomas only had – he didn't get 100 yards. No, Thomas he didn't. got – no, Thomas uh, – as, 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 he had a good game. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away. He was a problem. He had nine catches for 77 yards. You know what? I'll take that. Our defense held their best player. No, that's not their best player. Terry well, McLaurin is their best player. Well, yeah, okay. So he they held Terry he McLaurin to four catches for 49 yards. They shut yep. him down. Yep. yep. And he, but, I don't think uh, he really well, got active until late in the game. He wasn't – that wasn't all day. He wasn't – it was Thomas who was getting the majority of the it, it was our young rookie corners. Our yep. young rookie corners were falling out. Yeah. Falling out. So, so question here. We all know Flus and and Getsy have struggled mightily in terms, uh, you know, in terms of what you know their coaching decisions are going into games, game planning, and then especially at the half. This is where I feel like the Bears struggle the most is coming out of the half, is making those halftime adjustments, is calling plays both offensively and defensively that keep the momentum on our side, making big splash plays when the half comes back out or even just playing solid defense, getting three and outs, kicking field goals on those first couple of drives after the half. What what do we see as as fans and, you know, giving giving our analysis as the biggest failures from that coaching staff coming out of the half? And how much is that going to how much of that is on the players? I'll say how much of that is on the coaches and how does that hold us back? I'll start off with this. First of all, again, we've got a, a second-year coach, uh, but it's all second year now because we got rid of the guy that needed to be gotten rid of. We got second, you know, so second-year coaches. So they're gonna make young, just like Fields, just like Mooney. These guys actually are have been doing their job longer than Getsy and. And flutes have been doing their job. So, yeah, and, and we say there's going to be errors. And you know what? There's lots and lots of errors. And so what I'm seeing is, uh, you know, in regards to this, that without question, we, we're, we're, we're growing. Now, what do we need to do? Yeah, coming out. I think one great adjustment was taking the ball. The last two games, we took the ball first. You know, and I think we won both of those tosses. I know we won this week and took the ball, uh, but we're taking the ball on offense, which is a good idea. Uh, the second thing, yeah, we, we have to make those adjustments. I, I don't know what's wrong, but we come out of the half without intensity. We come out of the half lackluster. Yep. And we give up a lot in the third quarter and we have to start understanding that we have to have more energy coming out at the half than we did even open in the game. Yep. And, and I think we have to be more aggressive. I know, you know, uh, I'd, I'd rather you blitz and attack and somebody get past you, but you're aggressive coming out the half then you sit back in the zone and let them pick you apart for the entire third quarter 
we're just not ready to sit back in a zone because we don't have quite enough pass rush and we don't have great enough coverage to sit back in the zone and stop you. We've got to be aggressive coming out at the half. Um, I don't mind running the rock, but if we're going to run the rock coming out at the half, we have to line up like we're going to run the rock. We got plastic game. Put them in there. You know, go back to the traditional eye formation and run a series out of it. You can mix it up. You can move guys around. Blasting game can catch. Hand him the ball when everybody else is still there, when they're not expecting him to get the ball. He's right. getting five yards of carry when they expect him to get the ball, you know, right. or four. Hand it to him once in a while. Toss him the ball, you know. Run some, run some trick plays out of that. Uh, uh, you know, move move guys around out of that set uh, and and get some get get some push in the second half. If if you can burn the clock and you can uh, uh, you know you can make that third quarter only two possessions or three. Uh, I'm talking about between both teams. Let's say they get the ball. Let's say you you can hold them to a field goal. You get the ball, you drag it out and match that field goal. And then they, you know, only have the time to get a, a, a start. That's our worst quarter all year. You, you've you just taken away, you know, don't give them three or four or five shots at the goal during that quarter uh, uh, because they have three or four or five possessions. It's, you, you can't, you can't be off the field fast, three and outs, all passes, you can't do that. What do you think, nephew? Well, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, halftime adjustments have been the bane of our existence uh, so far. We didn't score anything in the third. I think that field goal we got came early at the beginning of the fourth, so we actually didn't put up any points in the third, and it was kind of uh, disgusting to me. I, I definitely think it's the intensity. I think it's players and coaches alike. Um, I think when you have a 28-point lead like Denver or whatever, uh, we have a large lead going into the half. As a coach, I'm not necessarily thinking to reinvent the wheel of what's working for us. But as you see the other team making adjustments, you have to be able to uh, counter those adjustments with adjustments of your own. Um, but I do think the intensity part is on is on the players for sure. Uh, indicative of the, the turnover we got in the third. Once they started trying to go on a run to, uh, to, to strip the ball from their from, to the, from their number one receiver on the day, I think right. that's the intensity part. And I think that's what our players have to come out with. You get what I'm saying? It's great to go in with a lead. And as far as a coach, you're thinking that what I'm what I'm calling is working and that's fine. But the team has to know that, hey, they're going to look to make some adjustments on us and they're going to want to come out here and, and kind of make up for, for especially if we have a lead for you know what happened in the first half and i think that's when the players need to have that resilience that says bend but don't break and we're not and we're not going to let let that happen and i think we saw it when, when they got that turnover um I, I do want to see the offense um have that same kind of intensity it's like we don't if we've scored all these points and we've been unstoppable in the first half that's that's because of the talent that we have so when we come out in the third if we need to make adjustments fine if they've made some good adjustments that are actually uh challenging to us fine we should still be able to at least make good drives uh use the clock well and santos had a hell of a day so i feel like even if we're able to just put him in range that three that we got at the beginning of the fourth i feel like we should have been able to find those in the third quarter so I think that has a lot to do with the uh, team's intensity. So I think that is something that we'll get. I think that's something that we'll get as, as time comes on. 
Hey, let's let's take a let's take a turn turn and talk about the man who's uh on your shirt, Dick Butkus. Um Chicago's you know, own. Hey, yeah. Chicago's, Chicago's own. been known for defense since I was born. That was a long time ago. And mm. uh it, it, it has been sad for these this really this past calendar year to, to be giving up 25 points a game. And one of the big players that, that made us known for defense, like literally Dick Butkus, guy rest his soul, his nicknames, the animal, the enforcer, the maestro of mayhem, the robot of destruction. This guy played nine years in the 60s and 70s NFL. Uh, you know, almost the era. They didn't even left. use equipment back then. Didn't they just used to hit each other with nothing? Just... I thought oh, they had you against me. <laughs> we can bring a bat on the field back then. I Man, seen a hey, dude with brass knuckles once. For real. Hey, That's hey. <laughs> he played six of his nine years every game. Eight of his nine years, at least uh, 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 13 or 14 games in the season. And only his last year did he miss uh, five games. Think about this as a hard-hitting, uh, forward-attacking middle linebacker. He picked up, picked off twenty-two passes. Hmm. Twenty-two passes. That's that's he, pretty crazy. It's crazy because he was he was a run-stuffing quarterback sacking machine, and he picked up twenty-two passes. He actually had more uh, interceptions than sacks. Hmm. He and you he was know, a monster. But, he was a monster. He was a monster, and and literally just just phenomenal play. And to imagine the Bears got him and Gail Sayers in the same draft yeah. is just absolutely. Hey, and it's looking like we're back to those times again. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you yeah. know what? I I feel like we're building on that. Right. I feel like that polls and them have respected. The, the thing that Pace did right, which was bring us uh, Darnell Mooney, bring us Justin Fields. Larry Borum looked great out there. Oh. Not, okay. I, more I than don't know. Great. <laughs> okay. I don't great. I feel like he gave up like two sacks, had a lot of pressures given up. Uh, it wasn't his best day, in my opinion, but – uh, I would say as a as a as a fill in, going in as a backup swing tackle, going up against like where I feel like his natural position is more right tackle than left, going up against uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and allowing Justin Fields to do what he did and have the type of game he had. Uh, I, I think his performance was serviceable. I wouldn't I, say he had a great game. I, he was. He, I would say he was great in the run game. I'm going to argue with you a little bit. I'm I'm not saying he was perfect. But as a backup tackle to step in facing that defensive line and having most Mm. of your night working on Chase Young, he had a great night. What do you expect from the guy, the backup? Fewer sacks and QB hits. (laughs) Right. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's when you – I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I like know. Larry Borm. I feel like Larry Borm is much more naturally suited to right tackle than left. 
right, but, that's just my personal opinion. So, I'm, so the I'm, fact I'm that he was he out of position great over there. and a backup, he I, I feel like he did really Justin great in the game. Props were due. The offense did well. The run game was great, and Justin is alive. All right, yeah. Chase Young only had a half a sack. <laughs> yeah. Chase Young was almost always on his side. He only had a half a sack. How many does Sweat have? Sweat had one and a half. Okay, and we, so we saw Sweat beat side. right for sure for one of them. Yeah, I mean, he, he did. Just, he did. So so I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna stand on that. Bor Borum really stepped up and performed, and he he did better than when when Borum was next to uh, Tev, that side of the line was tough. Tev is tough, man. Tev right. is you tough, but Tev, Borum, Tev can't, Borum like, was yeah, able I to... hope to God Tev can stay healthy because our offensive line, those pockets, the, the run game, everything looks oh, different. Oh, my gosh. Everything yeah. looks different when he is out there. And that is a huge thing to say for a five-man unit of everybody being over 300 pounds and some of the strongest human beings alive. Like, Tev is just another planet worth he's of another strong. level. He's he like, he's like level. a super saiyan, and everybody else still got black hair. Like, I, you know, for, it's, <laughs> just, it's just different out there when he's blocking. So, you know, kudos to Tev. Love having him back in the lineup. And I hope I hope to God he stays healthy this time. Man. Tev, he really Tev is so tough. But so I'm good. glad that Larry Boren is – I mean, he played good last week too. Yeah. You know, you, your quarterback doesn't throw five – four touchdowns a game if your left tackle's dying. Yeah. No, no. Boren is filling in admirably, I think. I, I, I'll give him props. He is filling in admirably as the swing tackle, and I have no problem, you know, if we retain him and keep him longer. Hey, you know, hey we've got – sign so him up. Give him his contract. He is officially our swing tackle. We don't have to hunt for that anymore. Um, you know, we, we've got some things we got to hunt for. That's not it. We've got our tackles. We've got our, our swing tackle is that that's the backup for those two. We need a center. We're good. We need a center. We need that's, a center. I'm going to say that second round pick next year. Yeah. But by your center, get you to get the best center in the draft. You should yeah. be able to get that in the second round. I wish we would have done it this year. Honestly, it, man. Like, yeah, even, I do too. We, we talked about that. Um, I here we on We're Talking Bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. It, 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 we're okay. Um, I, If Tev's healthy, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, we, you know. We got to get healthy in general, man. I, I feel like that's the that's one thing to me that's always a question mark because it's like we had a great game. We had a good game. Uh, This good win. And the last couple of weeks, like we said, the offense has been looking good. But. We gotta, we gotta, guys gotta be healthy. We gotta know who we have out there, who we're expecting to, to play, and we gotta have our 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 skill guys available to us. What what's going on with our uh, secondary right now? Terrell back. Smith. Everybody hurt. Yeah, um, but are they, but are look, they are we looking like they're coming back anytime soon? Are we? Terrell Smith. Kyle Gordon's on IR. No, no. Um, he's he's designated to return. He hurt his hand week one or two, so uh, we. Six or seven, it looks like uh, it would be the earliest he can come back. Um, Jalen Johnson's week to week, Eddie Jackson's week to week. Brisker is nursing a hamstring, but he's playing through it. Um, and then on the outside, obviously, Stevenson and like you said, Terrell Smith have been filling in. 
Uh, I think Josh Blackwell is down for uh, a couple of weeks as well as a backup. Greg Stroman Jr. Greg Stroman has been filling in really well. He had a sack and a pick this week. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That's, four tackles. that's great performance from our nickelback. I love that. I love to see him having success. He was on the practice squad, what, two weeks ago? Um, so huge for him and, and, you know, happy to see him balling out and playing well. But, yeah. That was a phenomenal defensive performance for us. It's the best yeah. one in a year. Yeah. We got a way bigger test coming up with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, but you this know what? That's going to be really tough. You, you know what? When you, look at, uh, when you look at what we were able to accomplish uh, against Terry McLaurin, how does that rate versus Justin Jefferson? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm not saying. We did good with Terry, but let's focus on Justin. Justin he's Jefferson totally, is a totally different planet. Different. If we don't have Jalen Johnson for that game, we're in trouble. And that's why I was asking about our secondary, man, because these guys definitely performed well. I just want to know where our where our starters are at and what when we can expect them to get and that, back. And that begs the question, when Jalen Johnson does come back, let's say he comes back for this Viking game, who starts across from him? Because Tyreek Stevenson has he struggled and Terrell Smith has been pretty consistent and 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 good. So who starts? Well, Hey, I, Terrell Smith has been balling out. <laughs> he has been balling out. How, how do you take that guy off the football field? I, even I if, don't personally. Even, yeah, even if you don't per se give him the start, I'm giving him 49% of the snaps. He's going to be out there a lot. Yeah, I would, I would have Terrell Smith on that other side because last year what happened was whenever Justin Jefferson would get frustrated not getting open versus Jalen Johnson, he would just go to the other side of the field and then he would be open. And we can't, we can't let that happen, especially if Eddie Jackson's not back, uh, especially if Brisker is still nursing an injury and doesn't really have his normal explosiveness and range. Um, that's tough. That's really tough. And, and with no Kyler Gordon to take away those underneath and slot options, even though Greg Stroman. Stroman is balling out, man. Right? <laughs> he needs cool. to ball out again next week. Go get another pick yes. and another sack. Good Lord, I, I hope. Man, then we'll be talking about a, a nickelback competition hey. uh, between him and Gordon. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a real big test because that's a good offensive line. Uh, they've got really good tackles. Uh, it's going to be hard to get a pass rush. Kirk Cousins makes quick decisions and the ball comes out fast. Uh, and Justin Jefferson is is elite, is the the elitist of the elite, you know. So. Um, but secondly, scary I, I, I think uh, right now, uh, DJ Moore is the DJ. right now. DJ, I will say this to that. I, do I think DJ Moore is better than Justin Jefferson? I'm not going to say he's better. I'm not going to say he's worse. I'm just going to say that DJ currently has a mm -hmm. 230 yard receiving game, and Justin Jefferson does not. And DJ currently has a three touchdown game, and Justin Jefferson does not. I'm talking in their whole careers. Right. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, DJ. Yeah, look, sure, sure. Definitely. DJ, I think DJ yesterday, last night, is finally happy to be in Chicago. Yeah. I this think so. was not happening for him in and Carolina. You, and you can see it. 
You can see, mm-hmm. and honestly, was, his face the whole game looked like him and Justin. Like he, Justin wait, finally right, figured right, out what he had been telling him all this time: throw me the ball, and yeah. I'm gonna catch it. Like, yeah, Doing the airplane the run up the sideline after the touchdowns. I want to see that all year long. Man, yeah. I, I think I we will. I think we will. And you know cause... how it is, man. We we you know we know how it is to play ball, man. When you playing, it's like. They could be the, the Thanksgiving Bowl. You're playing with your family, you're playing with your friends. And if it's me and you and you're the quarterback and I'm the receiver, I don't care who's out here. Throw the ball up. I'm going to go yep. catch it and we're going to win. Yep. And that and that's what I saw. That's what I saw, man. It was beautiful to see. Beautiful. It was. It was. It was. We got it. Mooney's got to get back. We so got Mooney needs a 100, 100. 50 yard game. We know Mooney is a well, Viking well, killer. We're not worried about we're not worried about that. No, Mooney's for really his confidence. Player. But and but for you know what? Confidence. I was gonna say that I'm actually excited because I feel like Mooney has the, the right attitude. You get what I'm saying? They tried to get him the ball, they didn't connect uh, like they wanted to, but Mooney's still going out there and playing hard. I haven't seen an attitude that looks like he's jealous of the the, the DJ Moore getting the ball thing. So I think he's in the right spot. It's gonna start coming together for him as well. Because once the offense is clicking, he's going to start finding himself the, the beneficiary of all of what DJ Moore Especially is getting right when, now. Yeah, when they roll that coverage DJ's way, man, Ooh. it's going to going to have a lot of one-on-ones. Right. A lot of one-on-ones. I think, I think he knows that. I don't think he's pressed to have a game like DJ Moore. I, I know he knows his time is coming. Him and, him and Fields had that had that uh, chemistry before before we even got DJ Moore. So I, I yep. know Fields is, is, is aware of what's going on. Like we said, he tried to get him the ball a few times. Um, I think that'll just come with more reps. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Hey. Now here's here's before we jump Go off ahead. the wide receiver topic, let's talk about Chase Claypool, right? Oh my we god, we've moved on from Chase Claypool, and suddenly the offense looks, man, I I don't know, I'm forgetting too, but suddenly the offense looks significantly better after he's out the room. That's I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. Um, there was a lot of effort issues. There were some drops. Claypool brought problems with him every game, every game. And, you know, like, I wish him the best. Obviously, I don't want, you know, I wish, you know, everybody has success. I hope he he matures and is able to kind of learn. But at the same time, he was just saying what everybody was thinking about how the offense was using the players and things yep. like that. And yep. I do feel like he may have gotten scapegoated a little bit. Yep. And, you know, winning, winning heals everything. Winning makes everything go away. But at but, the same but, time. But, but here's something else, though. And sometimes guys are locker room poison, and they can look all nice and, and and kind, but sometimes they're locker room poison. We played with some people that are locker room poison, mm-hmm. and when you when you when you when everybody in your league, and this is the NFL, is truly a professional athlete at near the top of human existence, a bad attitude is a huge, huge anchor. That can pull on a team because you need everybody believing as especially you come into the tough fourth quarter and, you know, Washington scores. or You come into a tough fourth quarter and, and and you don't get over with the Broncos. You need everybody believing. I think they kicked him out of Hallis Hall for a reason. It's, it's one thing to sit a guy that you're going to trade. It's another thing to say, don't come back here. Yeah. That that's a different. Practice, and I've never seen the Bears up. tell a, a player don't come back, take your pack your crap. And I mean Go that's home. good for accountability. I, I like that for us as a as an organization that we're willing to make that hard, um, that hard conversation and, and, and make that hard decision. 
And, and I like that they're sending that message to the players. Like, look, like you got to buy in, even if, even if we're not winning, you got to buy in and they're you bought in. They're clearly bought into Getsy. I have my reservations on both of those guys. Uh, they're well-documented, but I mean, if those guys can, can learn and grow, um, by the you know, and if they win a lot of games, like I said, winning winning cures everything. Winning cures everything. Check this out. This is gonna blow your mind. Where do you think the Bears passing attack as far as yards is in the NFL? Right. Well, it's kind of actually it's uh, kind of cheating because nobody else has played their fifth yeah, yeah, yeah. We've played five games, everybody else yeah. played four. So all all right, all right, all right. But, but I'll go to TDs, passing TDs. Guess where we are right now. That's we're number two. We're tied for one in passing tees, but everybody has a play. But but even if you take yesterday's games away, we're like number nine. Mm -hmm. we're tied for eight. Hey, we knew Fields was a killer. We're not worried about that. But one one last note on the Claypool thing before we get too far off topic. Everybody's talking about our worst trade in Bears history. Terrible, terrible move by Ryan Poles. We gave up a, basically a first-round pick. Hold on. Slow down because y'all not looking at the whole picture. The Green Bay Packers offered their second round pick for Chase Claypool. Had Chase Claypool landed in Green Bay while Aaron Rodgers was there, had took off with Matt LaFleur, who was a much more experienced offensive coordinator, who maybe knows how to scheme up things for guys like him, and Aaron Rodgers, who can command the kind of respect that Claypool can't come in with the attitude that he has, like, I'm going to do things my way. You got to do things Aaron Rodgers' way when you're on Aaron Rodgers' team. Had he gotten to Green Bay, then they had him, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson. Maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers stays. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they that, have not just maybe they stay, but team. maybe they win. Maybe they win. So what we traded, what we actually traded, was a first-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers first round to get Aaron Rodgers out of the division. And getting 140 yards and a six-round pick back next year is just bonus. But, but here's what I'm going to say when you talk about look at the whole picture. Look, nobody's perfect. And unfortunately, as Bears fans, sometimes it's been so bad, you expect perfection. So guess what? We also expect perfection out of the front office. You make the trade that brings DJ Moore for free. You make yes. the trade that brings us Darnell Wright. You make the, we don't even know who else we're going to get from that trade because yeah. that's coming next year as Carolina is the worst team in the league. You always you, forget. You know, you, 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 all of this, and you make a questionable trade for uh, uh, Chase Claypool. But look, you had to try. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you could also talk, toss in a Larry Okajobi. You know, Larry's playing great. Uh, you know, and he's he's still out there, you know, but, uh, you know, when, when you look at that, it's like, okay, you, you still, you gotta, you gotta trust the guy. He's not perfect. Every move isn't perfect, but he's making some really good moves. And when he makes a mistake, this is what I respect about a man. If you make a mistake and you can come back and say, hey, my bad, I was wrong. I can listen to you and I can follow. I don't, I don't, right I don't, there. I can't follow a man who's never wrong because I haven't, right there. outside of the Lord, that, that's not the case. All right. Absolutely. Finally, we in the winner's circle now.
Yo, we're the in the winner circle. It's just the beginning. I hope y'all are ready. Hey. hey, we got a lot of winnable games coming up. We got a lot of winnable games coming up. One at a time. Yep. yep well, I'm yep. uncle. I'm nephew. I'm son. And we're talking, talking bears. bears.